I know applying for jobs and you have to answer those questions is difficult. It's challenging. And you might get the job. You might not get the job. But I think sometimes what will make you get it or not is how you talk about your time in prison. True. Some companies, sure, are going to be like, oh, no, like, screw it. And that's fine. I'm working on that also. But the first one I'm doing is, like, character transformation. So thinking of your experience as not something to be mad about and have anger towards, but have something, have, like, being able to talk about it in an empowering way mm-hmm. and in a way that you accept responsibility. But, and I think, like, when you do this, employers should want that kind of quality in a potential employee. You want people to be honest and talk about how they learn, not pretending to be someone perfect. Good, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode 23 of Highly Invested, where we invest in ourselves, talk about personal growth, and ask entrepreneurs about the best investments in time, money, and energy that they've made that have gotten them to where they are today. Hey, everyone on the show today, I'm very excited to have a fellow Canadian who has been through some shit. She's got quite the story to tell at the ripe age of 30. Uh, I might be wrong, 31, maybe. She'll correct me, but... Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> She's the co-producer of a series that she's starting up called Critically Acclaimed, and she's also the founder of a startup called Cons and Kernels, and I'll let her tell you more about that. But on the show today, we have Emily O'Brien. How are you doing today, Emily? I am awesome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I know we kind of just met, but it's always good to hear different perspectives and help other Canadians out on their projects, so here we are. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on, and, and for some context, we met through uh, a project that we're doing with a few other Canadian entrepreneurs as well, so it's, it's really nice to have these opportunities open up new doors with new people, and you know, you just never know what happens, so it's exciting. Yeah. So yeah, how's the, how's the weather down in Toronto? Did you guys hit, get hit with some snow over the weekend? Yeah, we did. I actually did an event in Niagara, and it was Ooh. honestly so cold and snowy and rainy, but luckily a good Samaritan came and bought, like, all of my product from my boots like really? within the first hour so oh. i got to go home <laughs> amazing then you can call it a weekend yeah. early yeah exactly exactly that's, that's great and sorry are you actually located in hamilton not toronto well i i'm kind of located everywhere like i was in toronto today i also do work in kitchener uh waterloo and hamilton like i i sleep at the end of the night in hamilton most nights i mean mm-hmm. some days i i stay in toronto like right now i'm condo sitting for a friend so i've a condo to myself in Toronto as well so that's a great side gig to have <laughs> I know I know it's great good friends in good places that's awesome well it, it's definitely helpful too I think with with what you're trying to do and, and start up your business you have to be able to move and, and get to places and show yeah. face right so great way to build yeah. a strong network so yeah I want to learn a little bit more about you did you grow up in Hamilton I actually did yeah so until I was until I went off to university I lived in Hamilton Nice. And did you yeah. go to school while, like where you were from, or did you decide to go away for that? My post-grad, like, or sorry, not post-grad, but post-secondary, I went to Guelph University. Okay, nice. Did you did you ever yeah. go party? Was that close to Western? Uh, yeah, I definitely went there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, I, I know a few people that went there, but there was always a few, like, party schools where I think, well, where I'm located, Bishops is, is a big one in Quebec, and that one was a lot of fun to go to, but... Yeah, my cousin went there. He loved it. Oh, yeah. It's like small, yeah. a very small community, but very, very wild. So I imagine I'd have a hard time passing school if I went there. But Yeah. Nice. As this is kind of, well, I, I focus a bit on finance, but this podcast is more about personal growth. If you can uh-huh. think back, do you remember what your first purchase with money ever was? I think it was chocolate bars, honestly. <laughs> chocolate bars. 
99 cents at Shoppers Drug Mart, and, like, my mom was always really healthy, so I never got to buy chocolate bars, and I grew up, and I was like, I want to be able to buy whatever I want, and so I, I got my first job when I, I think, was, like, 9 or 10, and oh, nice. so I could buy chocolate bars from uh, Shoppers, and then I, after that, I started buying, like, lip smackers and wet and wild nail polish. Oh, and then you started realizing that you can buy all this other stuff, too. <laughs> yeah, if I just work for it. Smart. You, you caught on early. Yeah. And, and so what was your first job as at nine years old? Um, it was delivering flyers for the Hamilton Spectator. Classic. So the Hamilton Spectator is a newspaper, and then they have, a, like, a flyer component, which is separate from the newspaper. I don't know if they still have it, but um, I had to go on, like, Tuesdays and Thursdays and drop off things on people's porches. And I got paid to drop, I think I got paid like 13 cents or 18 cents a flyer or something like that. And I had to drop off, I don't know, I think I got, my paycheck was, I would think about it and I, it seems small now, but yeah. I, I was definitely very excited to to feel like what money was like and how to make money, right? And yeah. opening a bank account, right? Yeah, almost, well I think as like a kid you want to feel like a bit grown up and that's one way to do it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> nice. That's awesome, you started hustling early and so... I, I guess that leads me to my next question. Was Were you always pretty entrepreneurial? Oh, my gosh, yeah. All the time. Even, like, when I, if it wasn't for a job, I was always creating ways to, like, I was always finding shortcuts. Like, if I didn't want to do something, I'd find a way out of it. Or if I wanted to do something, I'd find my way in it. So, like, when I was even in elementary school, I was, I knew that I wanted to watch, like, things on TV and, my parents wouldn't let me watch certain shows, but I realized if I could fake myself being sick, I would go to the nurse's room at school, and I would actually leave the nurse's room and walk home during during the middle of the day and watch these shows. So I kind amazing. of, I, yeah, I would like you know cause a frenzy with the school board, but I was like, oh man, I just like wanted to watch my show, and so I had to like fake an illness to watch my stuff. But you know, to me, that was like being creative. Yeah, definitely <laughs> thinking outside the box. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what shows that was? What show that was at a young age? It was Ed the Sock. Ed the Sock. Oh, that's so. I haven't heard that name in a very long time. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> we but, weren't allowed to watch much music. It was like a band channel. <laughs> I just remember like going back because I, I well I'm 27, but like when music videos were a thing, and I would watch like the much top 10 in the morning all the time and. It was oh, yeah. just crazy to think how video on trial. <laughs> yeah, video on trial, but like how big music videos were at the time, and now you know they're just they they kind of got kicked to the curb for a while. Then you've got YouTube that's just taken over. But like, yeah, man, that was such a big part of my mornings before school. <laughs> yeah, I love watching like the '90s uh, the '90s videos now. Like the '90s hip hop music yeah. videos are the best. They were, and they had they had to be really creative too. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah. Sweet, and so. Like, at what age did you realize that you had some, some really good skills for, for dealing with people and being outgoing like that? I think it was um, actually when I got my second job or, like, my second or third job, and that was in marketing. Like, I would basically give out free samples for companies on the corner. Um, I, I did, like, the pizza thing for a bit. I did McDonald's. I also worked in a cemetery. Okay. Which also taught me a lot about working with people because you are connected with, with your mortality and you also have to be very mature at a very young age. Like, you, you can't be, like, horsing around in the cemetery and, like, because right. it's like people are going there to grieve. So you really learn how to kind of connect with all with people on all age levels and of all different backgrounds. Yeah. 
That's a good way to look at it. A lot of people would just yeah. probably dread that, but as long as you're trying to get something out of it that has like an objective, that's great. Yeah. So yeah. Were you digging graves? Yeah, I was doing that, and I was doing like in the summertime we do like grass cutting, flowers. I worked inside as a mausoleum at times too. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I worked with like a bunch of like when I first started, I worked with like a bunch of like forty to like. 60-year-old Portuguese men, and I was the only female. <laughs> yeah, so you can imagine, and they all talked Portuguese, so you could imagine, like, kind of the barriers that I would face. You know, there's, like, a lot of, like, sexism, and, yeah. you know, this women can't do this stuff, and <laughs> but you, a lot of that. But you pushed through, and you kept on? Yeah, that's good. good yeah. Resilience. Cool, amazing. And so what did you end up studying in high school? What did oh, I start in high school? What did, what did you end up studying in university? My apologies. I studied international development. So this was like spurred because I went on a trip 2000 and uh, I think, it was, oh my God, it must have been like 2006 and I went to Costa Rica Nice. and I went for a month and I really loved, I knew I really loved helping people. Like even when I was younger, I helped like by planning trips and just doing stuff. My mom always taught me that it was good to help out whenever you could and I really liked mm-hmm. the feeling of helping people and like you know when you, someone really needs something and it's easy for you to give I think that's a really good thing to do and a really good way to live your life yeah I agree and, and I believe that like good. yeah karma always comes back around mm-hmm. yeah that that was so when I went to, went to Costa Rica I was like oh my god I love this I love working abroad it's so fun there's so many adventures here um everything is so much more simple there's people that live in these countries have so much less than we have in Canada and they're like never pissed off like obviously they are sometimes but mm-hmm. not to the extent that like you see some people get mad at things these days right yeah no it just takes a lot more and it seems like they're just they have a lot more humility and um mm-hmm. yeah it's like it's like kind of I, I can say that as an example as well traveling taught me that less is more so it's really nice to see that firsthand and yeah adopt that with Costa Rica did you do any traveling after that as well Yep. So when I went to university for international development, I decided to like expand my. That's when I realized I liked experiences more than things. So from that point mm-hmm. on, for any gift, I always asked for a percentage of a plane ticket paid for. And Smart. that's when I went to like Peru. I went to Turks and Caicos. I went. Where else did I go? Yeah, Peru was the main one, and then the yeah, Dominican Sweet. Republic. I went to. So I just really loved. Yeah, capitalizing on on traveling instead of like walking around like a Chanel purse I was like okay I don't need I don't need clothes um yeah but yeah so I went and then I went to Indonesia as well and I worked for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs wow that would be really cool and and so what was what was that like working in Indonesia probably you know similar in a way to Costa Rica but quite different being all the way on the other side of the world yeah it was nice because I lived with like a host family so Mm -hmm. The Costa Rica trip, I was traveling with everyone else that didn't live in Costa Rica, but I was more like I had a home base when I was in Indonesia, so I went home every night, and yeah, I just got to like live with the host family and really see, like, they'd make me breakfast every morning, and I'd go to work, and I could kind of go to work whenever I wanted. The hours were pretty chill. That's good, <laughs> and so you did you did the trip to Indonesia by yourself kind of thing as well? Yeah. Yeah, that definitely changes the dynamic a bit, but travel, like, I love travel as well. I'm fortunate that I got to do a lot of it, and I think it really does make you a more well-rounded person, so great that you did that early. Um, Thanks. Cool, yeah, you're welcome. Now, uh, of course, probably one of the biggest experiences in your life was, uh, unfortunately, spending a year in prison. So, (laughs) uh, 
try to try to segue into that now i do have like one big like my main question that i asked but i'm going to save it for a little bit after so do you mind telling us a little bit about how you got into that situation just like the quick version yeah so i've always been introverted and like shy and one of these ways that i kind of got got out of that shyness was kind of indulging in alcohol and drugs uh, in high school and then in university you know got part of the binge called binge drinking culture there it's not unheard of at all oh it's so so relevant in canada yeah Yeah. it is it's crazy and you know what i was like i wasn't depressed or anything i wasn't going through anything i was just having fun Mm -hmm. um but unfortunately when something went wrong in my family life and my parents kind of split up i turned to drug even more drinking drug use and this was when i was living in toronto at this point and I was building my own social media company, and I met someone through my business who wanted to have an interest in the business and got me to go on a trip with them, and I go on this trip, and I realized that, oh, by the way, you're going to bring cocaine back with you. Fuckers. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was so messed up, but I also realized that, like, if I had been drinking or less or if I hadn't been drinking at all, I would have noticed that this guy was shady, and I wouldn't have gone on the trip, so I had to... Obviously, I didn't, you know, concoct this elaborate plan, mm-hmm. but I did have to take responsibility for what I did, and I knew it could have just happened to me. And so after two and a half years, you know, waiting for the case to be finalized, I um, decided to that I wanted to create something and build something that could help others not go through the same thing as, as me. And that's kind of when I went to prison, and I started a popcorn business. That's great, yeah. That I mean, well, it's really inspiring to hear that something that bad and difficult happened, but you were able to see it in a positive situation. Um, mm-hmm. Now, did that take a lot of time for you to adjust? Oh, yeah. Like, it took me a while to accept what had really happened yeah. and accept responsibility. But I, you know, these things, when they happen, they take time. But we're so caught up in this instant gratification, we think everything comes instantly now. Yeah. And it, it just doesn't. So you have, I just had to kind of wait it out and obviously get rid of the substances and the, and the alcohol. And, you know, been two years sober now, so that feels great. Amazing. Obviously, there's yeah, parts of that lifestyle that I miss, but, you know, I think... Of course, and anything you're in a relationship with for 10 years, you're going to miss, right? There's yeah. collective memory. You're like, oh, I had so much good time. But now I, I realize that I'm just as fierce and just as friendly, and yeah, so. That's good. Yeah. I don't need it. You don't need all that, uh, I don't know, I guess once people get that stuck in that routine, they feel like it is a part of them, And but now that you need realize you don't need that, that's great. Mm-hmm. And so this business, Cons and Kernels, how, yeah. what, what inspired that? Well, being in prison, uh, wanting to share my story and wanting to create an enterprise that also could employ people that have criminal backgrounds because I know applying for jobs and you have to answer those questions is difficult, it's challenging, and you might get the job, you might not get the job, but I think sometimes what will make you get it or not is how you talk about your time in prison. True. Some companies, sure, are going to be like, oh no, like screw it, and that's fine. I'm working on that also. But the first one I'm doing is like character transformation, so thinking of... Your experience as not something to be mad about and have anger towards, but have something, have like being able to talk about it in an empowering way mm-hmm. and in a way that you accept responsibility. But and I think like when you do this, employers should want that kind of quality in a potential employee. You want people to be honest and talk about how they learn, not pretending to be someone perfect. Yeah, it's so no true. One really is, right? Because I think the standard is pretending to be perfect, and you know the amount of people that say, "Oh, I, I kind of bullshitted my resume or I added this on," and. Like, that's even worse than someone being and then, completely yeah. honest. And you're wondering why you're miserable in your work. Well, it's because you knew that wasn't the right job for you, but you took it anyway because you're, you're impatient. Yeah, that's 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 a good point. And, you, and they need the paycheck, so. Yeah. So have you always just loved popcorn, or was that something that was, that you know, just there was a moment in there that it clicked and you just decided that you are going to take that on? Yeah, I, I actually have always loved popcorn, but <laughs> I 
didn't like it how a lot of companies made popcorn unhealthy. And so yeah. I thought there's definitely space in the market for a healthier line of popcorn. I mean, we've expanded to like the more savories and sweet flavors now because people just love them. Mm-hmm. But the, the origin of the company is based on being a healthy popcorn company that also, you know, does more than just popcorn. Yeah, that's great. And, and so what, what do you find is the, the best part about uh, your popcorn? Is it like, obviously, I think people think popcorn, they go buttery or salty. Um, mm-hmm. So when you say they're healthy, is that just the way that like the corn, the kernels that they come from? Yeah, we don't put a lot of, we don't put butter on ours, like unless ask for like a, the butter salt flavor, but it's yeah. salt, it's not liquid. Okay. And we do it all in coconut oil. And we oh. also don't use like, on our healthy line, we don't use any sugar. We use stevia to sweeten it. And then we just use spices, like combinations of spices. Nice. It's so simple, actually. Like when you break it down, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, Thanks. Nice and and yeah. So like the if you wouldn't mind elaborating a little bit more on the the prison experience. So like what were some were there any things that you know you like um, help that you got or some sort of guidance that was there that you wouldn't have expected? Like any way that you can say that it was a better experience than you you thought it might have been? Um, the first was definitely knowing that I had somewhere to go when I got out. Yeah, I knew that I had like a loving family, people supporting me. I had an amazing network of friends. That were all like, holy shit, and like, we know you can handle this, and we're here for you. I had letters coming in. Mm-hmm. I had encouragement. I also like built a network within the prison system of like, you know, other inmates, uh, teachers, guards, and even volunteers that would come into the prison. So my yeah. work, my network was built immediately as I went in. I was like, who are these people? Why are they here? What do they care about? And how can I help share their story? Wow. Yeah. It's, it's- mm-hmm. That it really is, I think, how you treat people. Then they're gonna, it's gonna reflect on you, right? So you probably set a lot of good first impressions doing that. Yeah. And then any things that should certainly be changed that you didn't know was a was a thing in there. Is that something you can talk about? What should be changed? Oh, I think like there's a lot of problems with the prison system. Yeah. But I think right now, while we work on changing the bigger issues, like I don't know, releasing people with eighty dollars left, um, not giving people access to the internet to get proper housing. Oh, yeah. Not giving people treatment for substance abuse issues and just putting them into a place that has more substance abuse. There's also the strip searching element, which perpetuates trauma on women um, that have been sexually assaulted, which is about 80% of women in prison. So all those things take, like, a while to change. So I'm working with, like, you know, Senator Compate on on fixing those. But right now is, like, what I do. I I can start changing people's perceptions right now by building a business and employing people and showing, hey... My business has, like, more longevity from its employees because of who I hire. Yeah. And, you know, people from, from, from prison or past incarceration can actually be your best asset. Yeah, and just the culture you're, you're inspiring, that, that goes a long way as well. People mm-hmm. are going to want to work for you, even if they haven't been yeah. in prison. So. Yeah. Cool. That's amazing that you're helping out like that. And then was there any point where, where you thought that, you know, maybe you're – or, like, was there any realization that your substance abuse – you know, might not have come from here. Hold on. How's the way I'm trying to word this question? Because I think we treat substance abuse. Well, we we have for the most part as a disease, right? Um, mm-hmm. No, we treat it as a as a criminal thing. But then you, we're kind of realizing that it's more of a, of a disease actually when people get addicted. So, was there any realization that that made it easier for you to to quit any substances that you had relied on? Um, I knew because it 
caused my family like a whole bunch of pain and I also knew mm. that it wasn't actually making me happy it wasn't actually making me strong and it wasn't making me healthy and I needed to be all of those things to be a good business owner yeah so mm. that's when the benefit it's all like costs and benefits it's like drunkenomics right yeah. you're like okay what what is the point what is the value of doing this shot and like we're doing these 10 shots and yeah. does the value go up and and right so you really have to assess it like that and like okay sure I'm getting high I might you know make some deals tonight but like am I going to be able to produce tomorrow and yeah. so you're like okay well I can still go out and meet people and get deals and if anything they'll, they'll see some a lot of people see sobriety as a major strength and they trust you mm-hmm. so that's true yeah yeah yeah, well, j- just to touch on that, like, I, I certainly, I grew up in Canada in, in a smaller town outside of a, not a big city, but outside of Ottawa, so I know exactly what you mean, how that culture has become normalized, and now that I've find found kind of this passion of mine and, and become, started this entrepreneurial path, I, I, you know, feel the same way, I just, I don't need it as much anymore, and, and it, it's very uh, humbling to know that, and, and it's reassuring, but... Yeah, well, hopefully you can inspire people that that are doing that, living that same kind of lifestyle, just to, to stop on their own and, and try and help others, you know, before mm-hmm. they, before they have to learn the hard way. Yeah. How's the business doing? So are you uh, are you located in one spot, or as you said, you move around a lot? Are you are you trying to grow it in the GTA right now? Yeah, I grow it, and then we we also like ship out. I ship it all across the country and to the U.S. Okay, wow. So you guys are you're quite big then now. I don't know. I like to say I, I like to be humble. Like yeah, well, it, it might sound big, but we still pop out of like one kitchen. We have a partner uh, producer now. We just secured them last week, so that's good. Getting someone else to help us with some of our varieties, and yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, best of luck with that. And, and how many years in are you now? One, just one. Just one year, eh? Yeah. Great. And cash flow positive. Yeah. Yeah, we're good. Good. Well, that's how you want to start. So keep keep doing that. That's amazing. Um, how do I get my hands on a bag? Well, you go to www.consandkernel/shop, and then you input what you want, choose from the flavors, and then one of our reps will connect connect with you as to how you want to receive your bag. Okay, cool. Thank you. I'm gonna do that after, and I definitely like love me some salt and vinegar or some dill pickle. Oh, nice. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So, uh, my main question that I like to ask guests is: over their period of lifetime, to get to where you are today, you know, made choices, decisions, and investments. So. What are three big investments in either money, time, or energy that, that you've made that have that have helped get you where you are today? My first biggest investment is connecting with people and showing up. I think nice. people talk about my business the most because I go out and I talk to people face-to-face. Internet, and, uh, internet connection is good, but I think it's still really important to follow up and meet that person mm-hmm. 100%. Um, support your investment, like not just your own events but like other people's stuff too yeah so by just showing little ways of gratitude so if you're trying to build a client base go and visit them at work send them something send them a letter like don't send them a freaking email like go i honestly show up unannounced so many places and people love it really i make it personal (laughs) and yeah yeah like hey i'm in the neighborhood i just wanted to drop this off yeah who doesn't love that like a nice little surprise (laughs) because it puts you top of mind so we yeah. all want that. Good. Well, I mean, that, that shows that you've got the integrity, and that, yeah, that's kind of what you want is it's what you want to be, how you want to be viewed as someone starting up a business. So that, that's fantastic. Yeah. And I guess the third thing to invest in would be 
Or second, sorry, you just did the first one. So showing up, or like networking and, and showing up, what would be two and three? Yeah. Um, invest in like your physical health. Okay, so how have, so, you, how have like, you done? Have you started doing that recently, like exercising? Yeah. yeah, exercise. Like honestly, you need your mind in order to function properly needs to be exercised, like in conjunction or not, like not in conjunction, but like with your actual body. Yeah. So it, they're so connected, and I find like my levels of focus have improved, my sleep has improved. Honestly, for me, to get me into a routine, I needed to hire a trainer at first to help me figure out how to work out. Because there's no point in working out if you don't know what you're doing. Fact, and you don't yeah. know why you're doing it. And if you don't have the discipline. Don't bring your phone to the gym. Like, bring an iPod that has no phone on, no phone stuff on it because you're going to get distracted. Like, it pisses me off so much when I see everyone at the gym just, like, sitting on their phone. It's like, okay, you could be in and out in 45 minutes and you're actually there for, like, three hours. Yeah. <laughs> They sit down and then they're taking a break. They like lean over and then they don't realize they've been scrolling for 15 minutes. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And so are you doing any sports or is this just kind of weightlifting and, and getting just back into shape? Yeah, it's weightlifting and cardio. Good. Nice. And then the third one I think would be invest in invest in volunteering. So like run a couple workshops, offer to like do a couple free workshops, um, like scotch freely. Don't be like, oh... If you sign up today for this program, it's only $500. You know what I mean? Like, don't do any of that shady shit at the end. Like, if you're going to run a free workshop, like, run an actual free workshop with an organization or group that you care about. Right. I think that's really important as well. Yeah. No, it definitely is. It's that same thing of giving back and feeling good about it. And it's kind of an addicting feeling once you find something that you like. Awesome. Thanks for those, Emily. Now, a few more. Just what are some privileges that you missed the most when you were in prison that, that you really wouldn't take for granted now? <laughs> good call. <laughs> um, but it was also good because I got to like detox from like I got to build things myself again and like yeah. you're not as, you're not like as relying on other people. True. Um, what other privileges? I guess you no, know, it's not necessarily a privilege that, that I missed. It's something that I'm grateful for. It's like my family and I got to really see who my friends, my good friends were. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I imagine once that happened, a few people probably didn't call you or just you know. They were okay with yeah. letting that go and, you know, hurts Or the they're time. mad or they're jealous or whatever. I don't know. Like, yeah. And then I guess the other one would be um, independence, right? Like, yeah. when you're an inmate, you are supervised all the time. And you are treated like a child, and that's not, like, a good feeling. So I definitely don't miss standing up so I can be counted three times a day. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I imagine some of those things, too. Just, like, once you don't have to deal with it, it just must feel so nice. Like, yeah. Yeah, constantly yeah. being monitored. Amazing. Now, so are you uh, are you giving talks and, and working as a public speaker now, too, or is that something you just do on the side? Yeah, I do. I do that all the time, actually. It's great. I did one last Friday. Amazing. And so where do you where do you go and talk? Is it colleges, uh, high schools, or...? Yeah, I do high schools. I do, um, like, business groups. I do, like, women's conferences. Um, I'm doing one in human trafficking in January. So, yeah, wow. it's good. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's great for you. I mean, definitely want to use this to to help empower women because you need that awareness. And you know, women are certainly smarter than men in a lot of ways, I think, especially mm. when it comes to like making important decisions. Right. Um, right, right, right. Or not letting like testosterone get in the way of making good decisions. But uh, no, that, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> amazing. We'll keep doing that. And lastly, the criminally acclaimed. Uh, what, what's going on with, with this web series here? So that one's done. It, it was like an eight-part series. Okay, um, Kind of is. telling my, my story, and then I was told by other people that were part of the story. 
So I should have one, a new one with Belle coming out soon as well. Um, that'll be in January, and that's called Dark Horse. Okay, and is that one going to be on cable? That one's going to be on Dell 5, yeah. Amazing. You know, with everything that you've done now, where do you see yourself in five years? Honestly, that question I don't even answer because none of us know the real answer to that. True, um, yeah. Because it changes all the time. I can tell you where I'm going to be in five months. Sure, where are you going to be in like, five months? Well, I'm going to be in the middle of a production of a show. I'm going to be, you know, launching my, growing my business and expanding my speaking portfolio. And I think that's good. I think, oh, I'm also writing my manuscript for my book. That is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And so when did you get approached to write a book? A couple months ago. Just a bit on that process. Is it pretty free with what you can write about or do you have certain guidelines that you need to to stick to for the publisher? I'm working with a, a writing coach, so. Okay. Nothing has been banned yet well that's good i mean hopefully they they wouldn't do such a thing because you know the more raw the better i think yeah all right Emma, oh. thanks so much for the time and coming on um where can people find you um you can follow me on instagram at m.o'brien and the business one is at cons infernal great everyone go check it yeah. out emily's a really cool person and it's amazing that she can be this honest and open about what happened to her and then just goes to show that when you do that look at all the opportunities that keep opening up so keep killing it emily thank you thank you so much for listening everybody you can find this podcast at spotify breaker radio public apple Podcasts, and google podcast you can also find it at anchor.fm slash highly invested If you got some value out of this episode and you liked what you heard, please feel free to share it with somebody else that might be interested. Or if you could go to the podcast, leave a review and leave a rating or a comment, that would be amazing. It is great for me to see who is listening and it helps with the organic reach. Now, thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. This is your host, Jordan Hiley, signing off. Stay highly invested in yourselves. Till next time.